You're listening to the Keep Going Podcast, where we keep going after the heart of God because He's our only hope. I'm Nika Maples. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of the Keep Going Podcast. We are in a series called A Walk Through the Proverbs. Just a note, I use the New Living Translation because it's readable, and I don't approach these podcasts as a scholar, but as a lover of the Word who wants to share simple spiritual observations from my own daily Bible reading. By the way, you may notice a difference in the coming podcasts this season, including this one. I just read a book entitled Finish by John Acuff. It's an excellent book, and I recommend it. Throughout it, he stresses that perfection is the enemy of completion. Just finish the project. It doesn't have to be perfect, he says. As I read that, I realized that simple glitch was one of my problems with this podcast. I wanted every sniffle and blunder cleanly edited away, and it took me hours. Because I sniffle, and I blunder quite a bit. So what? I'm a real, live, actual human. Therefore, I'm not going to heavily edit anymore. I'm just going to get finished with the podcast and post it. Because I would really like to see us all the way to Proverbs 31 by the end of 2017. So, this year's lengthy break was sponsored by Perfection. And this year's comeback is sponsored by Acceptance. I'm glad to be here. Let's review that last episode in two points. Proverbs 10 tells us that wise people treasure the word of God and that it is the only way we will survive the storms of life. Number two, we discussed that just as crashing waves retreat into the sea, taking everything on top of the sand with them, the storms of life will take many things we care about. But they will not, they cannot take the word of God if we have taken the time to bury it in our hearts every day. The 2008 baseball season was the last one that the New York Mets played in Shea Stadium. My brother is a big Mets fan, and I was staying in New York that summer to go to school. So for me, it was like the lenses in an optician's office suddenly brought an opportunity into focus. I bought him Mets tickets for his birthday. Sister of the Year. I know little to nothing about baseball, but I love being taught about sports in general. Caveat, I love being taught about sports by someone who really enjoys teaching about it, not from someone who gets irritated at what I don't know and sighs when I ask what a touchback is for the hundredth time. Well, my brother is patient and funny, so after he teases me for not knowing, then he graciously explains one thing after another. This time he was explaining baseball, and during that subway ride into Queens on the day of the game, he was explaining to me all about Mets culture, which he was sure I would not be aware of. He said that if I looked while I was there, I would probably notice how different Mets fans were how different the general feel is compared to what I was used to. He told me he was particularly impressed by the baseball players' humility. For one thing, they have normal parking spots. They don't park underground, they park in the same parking lot as the fans. Now, 
It is located in a designated area with their names labeling the spots. But this area was not secluded or heavily restricted. In fact, we walked right through it after the game. My brother pointed out where his favorite players parked. Then he told me what he thought was most impressive. If fans were willing to wait for the players to have a shower and then have a press conference and all that, then they could actually interact with them when the players came out of the stadium to walk to their cars. The players didn't go in and out through an underground tunnel. Sure enough, after the game, we went around to the stadium exit where a small crowd gathered, standing behind ropes, waiting for the players to come out a pretty normal-looking door. We joined them there for a little while, but time passed, the crowd thinned, and when it started getting really late, we decided we couldn't wait. We'd better get back to the subway. It was a fun experience, and it stood out to me that my brother chose to speak well of an entire city based on what a handful of baseball players chose to do. Their humility had an impact. There was this feeling that you were there among good people. Now, how many players are on a baseball team? 25 players on an active roster, 40 on an extended roster. And how many people used to fit into Shea Stadium? 45,000. So the reputation of Mets fans is positive And it is set by, I did this little math problem, one-tenth of one percent. The behavior of 40 players influences the behavior of 45,000 fans. And the culture of those 40 players is set by an executive leadership of maybe one or two people, which would be one one hundredth of one percent. That means that the expectations of two leaders influence the behavior of 45,000 people. That is what you call not just influence, but massive influence. I want to tell you one more example of how I witnessed humility at the Mets game, but first let's look at Proverbs 11. Listen for the mark of humility and for the way that an entire city is impacted by a few wholehearted, genuine people. Listen for leadership. Listen for influence. Let's read together. Chapter 11. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. The godliness of good people rescues them. The ambition of treacherous people traps them. When the wicked die, their hopes die with them, for they rely on their own feeble strength. The godly are rescued from trouble, and it falls on the wicked instead. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. The whole city celebrates when the godly succeed. 
They shout for joy when the wicked die. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart. It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many advisors. There's danger in putting up security for a stranger's debt. It's safer not to guarantee another person's debt. Pause. Isn't it interesting that Solomon writes about the importance of honesty and keeping a confidence and refraining from gossip? It's all part of maintaining the culture of a group. Committing to honesty, keeping a confidence, and refraining from gossip are the hallmarks of healthy communication. Here they are again. Be honest, keep confidences, refrain from gossip. It's so simple, it's stunning. And it can be summarized in just one phrase. Say what matters. Regarding breaking honesty, talk that is dishonest doesn't matter, obviously. Regarding breaking confidences, talk that others have told you doesn't matter because it's not yours to share anyway. Regarding breaking into gossip, talk about others based only on what you have seen or heard about them doesn't matter at all. More on this in a minute. You know, the most amazing thing I experienced within the Mets culture was when I got up to go to the bathroom. These bathrooms were small. I mean, this was in no way the clean and luxurious bathroom that you see at a local Bucky's gas station. And there were no two banks of stalls on either side of the sinks like you see in a modern stadium any either. Shea was built in 1964, way before people were drinking 44-ounce Cokes in one sitting. There was no need for the kind of availability that we expect today in our bathrooms. At least in the area of the stadium where I went, the bathroom was comprised of about five stalls, I think. So you can imagine the line of women was ridiculously long, as lines of women tend to be. But this pressed the usual envelope. I walked up and stood at the end of the queue and waited with everyone else. Within a few minutes, however, someone came up to me and said, What are you doing standing in line here? You don't have to do that. Come here with me. She left her place in line and led me all the way up to the front, where a bathroom attendant in a uniform stood. This lady was waiting all the way back there, she said, with an if-you-can-believe-that chuckle. The attendant responded heartily, Oh, no, you don't have to. Come right in. I turned around to see if anyone else in line was going to throw a beer bottle at me, but they were all smiling. Right there in Queens, I was embraced by a southern hospitality I had never even seen in Texas. I followed the attendant, and she led me right up to, get this, an empty, handicapped stall. You know the one. That big old stall at the end of the road that everyone uses and doesn't think twice about? Not this one. It was open and empty and ready and waiting for me. Again, I looked around suspiciously. Was this a trick? Was this the stall that wasn't working or was out of toilet paper? But it was no trick. After washing my hands, 
later. I asked the attendant why no one had been using that stall. She said, Oh, because we all know that it's reserved for people who need assistance. The elderly, pregnant women, people in wheelchairs, or people with canes, whatever. Wait, 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 what? What do you mean you all know? I said. Sure, we all know that that stall is built for a certain population, but I gotta tell you, never in my entire life have I ever seen anyone reserve that stall. Everybody knows it, nobody does it. In Shea Stadium in the summer of 2008, they were breaking all the rules. All across the United States, people are using that handicapped stall, which is completely acceptable practice and one that doesn't cause me to pause and think at all. I only paused to think when a group of people were going against the grain, breaking the common rules and not using it. The gesture was so gracious, the intent so humble, it made that baseball bathroom trip memorable, almost magical. Later, when I told my mother, who always appreciates the practical over the magical, said matter-of-factly, well, that's why the line was so long, Nika. If they'd have used that extra handicap stall, the whole thing would have moved along faster. You may be thinking the same thing as you hear this story. Okay, but look, I was impressed just the same. Their actions spoke well of their city. I love New York, for real. A gracious woman gains respect, but ruthless men gain only wealth. Your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. Evil people get rich for the moment, but the reward of the godly will last. Godly people find life. Evil people find death. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Evil people will surely be punished, but the children of the godly will go free. A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. The godly can look forward to a reward, while the wicked can expect only judgment. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain, but they bless the one who sells in time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor, but if you search for evil, it will find you. Trust in your money and down you go, but the godly flourish like leaves in spring. Those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. The fool will be a servant to the wise. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. If the righteous are rewarded here on earth, what will happen to wicked sinners? A moment ago, I told you I would get back to the power of strong and healthy communication. I said the principles presented by King Solomon are so simple they're stunning. Say what matters. Again, regarding breaking honesty, talk that is dishonest doesn't matter, obviously. Regarding breaking confidences, talk that others have told you doesn't matter because it's not yours to share anyway. Regarding breaking into gossip, talk about others based only on what you've seen or heard about them doesn't matter at all. Then what does this have to do with humility and cultivating massive influence? Everything. 
because all across the United States, the world, people accept minor dishonesty. People accept confidences shared out of turn. People accept gossip. All of those things are common. How do we know they accept it? And by they, I mean we, because we listen to it. If we will listen to it, it's only a matter of time until we do it. What we take into our ears comes out of our mouths. That's the law of the harvest. Every seed planted blooms in the fertile heart of a believer. Weak communication is the common way of doing things. So instead of breaking honesty, let's break the common rules and tell the truth always. Instead of breaking confidences, let's break the common rules and protect others when they have shared their hearts with us. Instead of breaking into gossip, let's break the common rules and counteract unfaithful words with kind and genuine comments about people. Refuse to hear out anything less. Strong communication is clear evidence of humility. Choosing to communicate this way will set you apart. But though you may lose the following of a few, you will increase your influence by many, many more. A humble person is so unique these days, people cannot help but stare in wonder. They may not even act like you do, but others will be watching. Our influence as Christians speaks well, not of ourselves, but of the city of God. We are citizens of heaven. Now let's act like it. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Today's music is from Psalm 51 by Shane and Shane and is used with permission. Please pre-order my new book, Everyday Genesis. It releases in December 2017, but is now available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble Online, and anywhere else you buy books. If you want to know more about your purpose, your spiritual gifts, and about how to grow closer to God through practical application of spiritual disciplines like prayer and Bible study, then read Everyday Genesis. Read it. Read it. Read it. And now... I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. We'll talk soon. Until then, keep going. Wisdom in the secret heart.